0: Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy, and I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell, in the building for episode 89, State of the New York Knicks podcast. What's up, my guy? How you doing, Mr. Mitchell?
1: Yeah, doing good, bro. Doing good. Um, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I can't wait for this uh, this virus to bugger off so we can all get back to some normalcy. Um and yeah, but other than that, just been keeping up with the basketball news as it comes out, um, keeping up with what Adam Silver's putting out there for hopefully a start of the restart of the season. Um uh, but yeah, yeah.
0: So go that's a great seg- segue. Um getting right into it. You know, Adam Silver puts out today that they're gonna postpone the NBA draft. They're going to postpone the um, Combine. Um, I think he should just cancel the season, bro. I think it's over, bro. I, I think it's, it, it, it's to a point where you know, schools is canceled for the rest of the year. So I don't see a reason why you would think professional sports would be safe. But at the same time, they is losing a lot of money. And – but a lot of people is dying. So, it, uh, it, and I mean, how, how you feel about it, bro? You you think well, it's going to start up again?
1: I, I th- the only reason I'll, I'll give it a possibility that it'll start up, um, I've been looking at what the MLB is looking at doing. Um, and, and they're hoping to start in another month's time. Um, and, I mean, I, I know it's more class as sports entertainment, but, I mean, you know the wrestling still happen like pro wrestling. It, it's still happening in Florida because Florida's you know opened up a bit of, uh, you know lifted a bit of their bands and stuff like that. So I'm keeping an eye on both of those situations and then thinking, well, you know especially if the MLB can get something going, um, it might you know give an uptick of of the NBA coming back. Um, if if that if that doesn't sort of get off the ground, then yeah, I I couldn't see the NBA coming back if the MLB can't even start, you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting. I mean, I know, I know everyone around the world because um, most world sports around the world have all stopped and halted um, and it's driving people bonkers. <laughs> you know, there's only so much on, on <laughs> the Netflix there and the Amazon Primes and all that, you know, to sort of get people through. But if they're more sports people and love to watch their sports right now is, is a horrible time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to get something, something going. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I think it's just a wait and see at the moment.
0: So, since I think we both agree, it's, it, I think it's a wait and see as well. I think we should just hold off on the draft talk. I think I know we got part two of that episode. I think we should just hold off for a couple of episodes and see if the NBA start back up again. Yeah. Um, Probably late May or um, early June, see if it start back up again. And then I think we could definitely talk some more draft talk. Um, oh, if there's a possibility that the season will start again, um, I know you've been listening to other people's podcasts, and I have too, and I know you've seen that Scott Perry will be retained for next season, and Jonathan Macri was not happy about it. he. I, I just say he wasn't happy about it, and. I'm kind of happy about it. It's a lot of things to be happy about: stability, yeah. Um, not firing somebody after two seasons like the Knicks have been doing. Somebody that knows the roster, somebody that's been around for a couple of years. Um, somebody that you know, Leon Rose trusts because Leon Rose is inexperienced. Yeah. But let me let me play devil's advocate before you jump in. Now. Scott Perry, even though he's been making the draft picks for the last two years, two to three years, or whatever, um, he has brought in a lot of, but so you say, so you say, um, a lot of guys who has not produced. Let me go down the list, and then you could take it from there. He's brought in Michael Beasley, Ramon Sessions, Xavier Ray. Return Mays, <laughs> Nigel Hayes, J- Jamal Art Artist, uh Jared Jack, Trey Burke, Isaiah Hicks, Emmanuel Moody, Troy Williams, Mario Azonia, Luke Cornette, Noah Vonley Kadeem Allen, Tyrese Walker, Philip Carr, <laughs> John Jenkins, Billy Garrett, Paul Watson, Jeff Kobe, Henry Ellison, Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, Taj Gibson, Kenny Wooten, VJ King, Amir Hinton, Lamar Peters, Zach Irvin, Ivan Robb. Out of this group, can you name me one player that's been productive? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, um, put it this way. No, none of them have been productive, but then at the same time, like, I'll, I'll two names that stand out, and they were towards the end there, and um, you know, it's, it, it's probably more you could say for these two I'm about to mention that it's more finding minutes, and that's Wooten and Kadeem Allen. I, I know what they can do when they get the minutes. Um, we've seen what Kadeem Allen can do when he gets the minutes. You know, um, he's had minutes before when there's injuries or people out, whatever. Um, but yeah, all the other guys, yeah, not not productive. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're just they were just like, I guess. I don't know, they were just ads to add, you know, to make up the numbers, I guess. Um, you know, um Hazanja Hazanya, you know I mean, he he's had his moments everywhere he's been. He has those nights where he just goes off, but they're like one in a million, you know. <laughs> so, so you know what I mean? So that they weren't really good um, you know, bring ins at all. Um they they weren't I mean, you know, I, I'm glad that a lot of them were just short term signings. Um, you know he, he might have just looked at it as oh, okay that you know I've got to work with what I've got to work with what's out there I kind of need to bring someone in you know so um, yeah I think it was just sort of that way of thinking at that time because you know obviously we were struggling to bring in any sort of get any sort of names looking at us and that so yeah I mean it, it is what it is I guess with him um, and I think I said it before I, I don't I don't. I still think he, he didn't have full, you know, sort of control of, of his job even when Mills was around. I, I think everybody apart from Dolan kind of just had to answer to Mills, and if Mills didn't sort of like it or wasn't what his direction what he was thinking, you know, I guess it probably got shut down. Because um, well, I mean, again, we all we all, we all know um, Scott Perry has got a good good, good tra- you know, draft record. Uh, at Drafting people into the NBA um, 50-50 Well, yeah, 50-50 I mean, um, I, mean I, I do go back As I said, he, he, he brought in KD um, into the league With the Sonics, he, he got in Oladipo when he was with the Magic um, I mean, I don't know if that Was necessarily his idea to send Oladipo Out at the time, but the Magic had to Do what they had to do at the time, because at the time Oladipo was just injury prone as hell he, he didn't look like he was going to uh, you know, get to the heights that he's gotten to. You know, since, um, but I mean, I he, mean, he, he got RJ, got Knox, brought in Trier and that as well. I mean, so he, he's yeah, he's done all right there, and I'm I'm glad he, that Leon Rose kept him. I had a feeling he was going to keep him because he's actually good friends with Leon Rose and Worldwide Wes, and Worldwide Wes is even though he's not a part of the Knicks front office, he's still in Leon's ear. I think Leon's going to keep him around. Uh, this this one-year contract he's, he's on is probably a prove-it year. But I think he's kept him around, like you said, inexperienced. Leon's new on the job, so he wants someone that can help him around, uh, show him the ropes, so to speak. Um, and, and like you also mentioned, and, and uh, Mark Berman mentioned himself on, on Knicks Fan TV, uh, it's a stability thing because of how um, how well Perry interacts, not just with... GMs and and front officers around the league but how he interacts with the players as well um he i think Leon Rose understands you know he, he is a respected person in the league unlike Steve Mills um he is actually liked um uh, <laughs> another thing Mark Berman mentioned he he's he's really tough when you think about it. like with, with with every team he's been through and the situations he's been in before like he he tends to hang in there um that that's a thing like he you know he, he can hang around and and that's good. Like he can sort of take anything thrown at him, and you know he's been around for for many years now, Scott Perry. So I, I think that was a good keep, um, because I actually want to see what Perry can do without having to answer to Mills. Um, you know what I mean. So this this next year this next year is a prove it for him. Like he drafts well, um, and if he if he Brings in the right free agents, then that's obviously going to be a boost to him. If, if he fails with the draft and he fails again with free agency and and brings in just whoever, um, to just fill roster spots, then obviously he's probably likely to get the boot. You know, obviously Leon Rose will reevaluate at that time. But um, yeah, for the time being, I, I think it's handy to keep him around.
0: Um. Couple things on Scott Perry. I got a couple indictments on this man that he's annoyed me with. Um Kevin Knox, first of all. This man signed Marcus Morris, Bobby Porters, and even after he traded Morris after the trade deadline, I felt like Knox was supposed to get 30 minutes a game. Knox averaged fifteen point seven minutes over the last fifteen games of the season averaging 1.1 fewer minutes per game than he did over the previous 15 games when Morris was still on the roster. So that's one indictment. Next indictment, Frank Nelikina. You had this man sitting on the bench for a guy who made 14 threes on the season, who shot 20% from three-point range. Who gave RJ Barrett no space? Who passed to Julius Randle 29% of the time? And then what's crazy? Frank Nellakina played alongside Julius Randle and Marcus Morris. He was more timid. He was a more timid offensive player. In six, 767 minutes, Nellakina played with Randle. His usage rate was 12.6%. In, in 419 minutes, he didn't. 35% of his total playing time. It shot up to nineteen point five percent, and that's without Morris and Randall, of course, hogging the goddamn ball. Um, he should have started Frank Ntilikina after the trade deadline. He should have started Kevin Knox after the trade deadline. He value it seemed like he played Moody over Frank Ntilikina. Then another thing that Mark Berman noted that. Frank Nilakina was nowhere near on Scott Perry's draft radar on the 2017 draft. So, of course, he doesn't like Frank Nilakina. So, you know, politics play a part of that. But as far as Kevin Knox is concerned, Mike Miller, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I mean, I understand you try to win games and you don't look like you're tanking. But at the same time, you draft this man number nine. You got to play this, man. Um, I think that's that's all I got on Scott Perry right now. It's just the, the vets playing over the kids. I just need to see yeah. the kids play more. And I need to see more stability, man. I, I'm even ready for Mike Miller to come back, to be honest with you. And another thing that Mark Merman pointed out, and I'm going to let you go, um, if the virus didn't stop, the NBA from playing basketball The New York Knicks would have definitely Went on a coaching search And Tom Thibodeau was definitely Number one on that list So that's a win-win for me Because I didn't want Tom Thibodeau as a coach To be honest no, with you I no, want that no. man far away from the kids Yeah um,
1: And and I mean I've also read too He's, he's being linked to the uh, Brooklyn Nets job as well So I, I don't think even even for them, I don't think you know because they've still got a lot of young talent themselves too. So I don't think he's a good coach for a team that's got say a lot of young talent on because he has a ten. He doesn't have a tendency to be able to connect well with them for starters, and he has a tendency to drive them into the gr- like play them overplay them. Um, we all saw what happened with what he did with Derek Rose, for example. Um I know there's a few other names he'd done it to to a lesser degree, but that that was best case in point. Um, you know. And and the question's always being asked, you know, Derek Rose never got injured and out, he overplayed like he did, you know, what what could have been? Um just glad he had a career resurgence these days. Um but yeah, no. Thibodeau would not be good for the Knicks. Um, you know, the, I um I think there's a few others out there that would be good. Um, and and just before we get off the Scott Perry thing, um, you know, I think another thing at the minute, moment, um, I was thinking before he obviously was signed to the Bulls. I thought well, now if he, they're going if Leon's gonna clean house and go for a complete new GM, I would have brought in um, Arturus Carnavas because I, I class him as pretty much second to Masai Ujiri. Um, just in the way he can he can do things, um, he he was very good at Denver. Um, so yeah, if, if 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 they had brought him in, then Perry probably would have been gone. But once he once the Bulls got him, which they could, that's another team that kind of needed a new direction. So they they actually signed someone decent. Um, yeah, I thought well maybe it maybe it's wise to stick with Perry just for the last, that last year and his contract just to till Rose gets comfortable in his new position. Um, and as I said, obviously reevaluate at that time, but if there's someone better out there, obviously he'll, he'll bring them in. Um, you know, er everything to me at the moment that I've seen from Leon Rose, even though he's just started on the job suggests to me that he is willing to make hard choices if it's for the benefit of the team and if it's going to better the team, um, you know, and, uh, uh, I'm glad that sort of uh, he, he they brought him in because uh, all the Frank haters out there, well, they can stop the Frank ain't because Frank ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> not like, Leon, Leon Rose used to be his agent and Leon Rose loves a kid. Absolutely loves a kid. That's another thing Mark Berman pointed out on, on that podcast. Um, absolutely loves kids. kid. So even if Perry doesn't like him, well, I'm sorry, Scott, but you're just going to have to deal with it because – Obviously, Leon can see see what, what, what Frank's capable of and what he's good at. And, and that's going to attribute to a winning team. It will. His defence, um, you always need defence. Can't get enough of it. I've always said, uh, I've always looked at Frank in the form of a Tony Allen. And Tony Allen was a heck of a defender. Um, you know, I think Frank can get to that type of level and help out the team. In, in that regard no he, he's not you know he, he's not your starting point guard that you want but he's good to just have on the bench bring on the bench fill in um, you know with his defense the minute he comes on with his defense he's gonna lock someone down um, so that that's what he he's there for and and you could switch him in between the one and the two it doesn't really matter um, you know he's only out there really to, to sort of do one one thing and that that's help you defend your point so um, yeah I'm I'm interested. That's that's why I said uh, once the draft does come around um, uh, from that podcast, I mean, Mark Berman was going on about he, he wasn't too high in uh, any of the point guards really at the top. And then he was talking about, you know, moving up from you know, choosing someone else with, with one of those, you know, if we we're in the top three or four or five and then move up from the 27 pick to uh, forget the point guard he mentioned. Um, That's it That's the one Yep Um, And yeah And and just bring him in um, Because obviously Which uh, I knew we would get on to talk about But like he said If if they bring in With all this talk of CP3 Well they're not going to go for a point guard If they get him Um, I'm sort of 50-50 on it Because his age Um, His age concerns me I think it probably yes. concerns you yes. too. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I I think that uh, since he's been at OKC and he's been able to stay, in there, this is the healthiest I've seen CP3 before this coronavirus ended the season. Um, I'd seen him in a long time. Uh, I was watching those OKC games and and he looked fit fit as a fiddle, man. Like, um, but is that just gonna? Is that just a, a one year thing? And you know, is next year, next season going to come back and he's going to get bitten by the injury bug again? I mean, we don't know. Um, and, and then, you know, you hear different reports over the years, like he, he's easy to play with, he's not easy to play with. He can be a bit, be a bit of a, a baby spitter, so to speak, you know, spit the dummy. Um, I know there was a whole heap of drama, at, you know, when, when it was him, Blake and De, DeAndre at the Clippers and that big fallout, so... Oh, I'm just, I'm not sure. Like, don't get me wrong. If it was CP3, say, eight, nine years ago, I'd say, bloody oath, bring him in because he's a point guard. Um, but not now. I don't think it's wise now. I think he's better off just probably playing out the rest of his career in OKC, helping out Shea and, and, and Gildas Alexander, who he seemed to build a, a pretty decent combination there with. Um, and, and I would have thought, too, if he really wanted out of there, he would have. Would have tried to get out of there the minute he was sent there, um, and he didn't, so yeah, it'd be interesting, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's the age that concerns me with him more than anything, that's the only reason, and, and because he, he he's still going to be asking for th- what 30 something plus million, you know, 40. or whatever, yeah, 40. I mean, do you really want to pay that for a guy that's? Shit! If if, he might be lucky to have two, three seasons left, uh, in my opinion.
0: Um, Yo, it's only one thing that will make me be like, okay, I'm good with getting Chris Paul. It's the only way. If the Knicks get the number one overall pick, and they say we're picking Anthony Edwards, Mm. we're moving RJ to the three. If you say if you do that, then I say okay go get me Chris Paul, remove Julius Randle.
1: Yeah. Let me see
0: what Chris Paul can do with Kevin Knox, RJ, and this young man, Anthony Edwards and Mitchell Robinson.
1: I mean, and the other good thing is, and because you've touched on it with with Edwards before, um, you know, if they went that route, CP3 would actually be very, very good for him um, in teaching him how to pass and and, and read, you know, and and he could turn him into a point guard, you know, before he he retires, type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The only reason what, I say the only re- re- for? yeah, the, the only reason I say that is is, I, I as I said, um, I've seen what he's he's done and how he's took on that teacher type role with with Shea Gilges, um, and, and has rubbed off on him quite well. So, I mean, if, if we got Edwards. Yeah, I could I could understand bringing Paul in, and and you could you could have Edward like have you as you said, Edwards initially playing at shooting guard, which Shea Gil was at OKC, um, and then eventually you could have him take over from Chris Paul once once Edwards was confident enough, and Chris gave you know Leon Rose a nod saying, right, he's ready to go to the one now, um, because he, he, I could easily see him playing the one. You know, he he just needs the right the right person there teaching him, helping him out. Um, So I I could see the advantage there. Uh, If that was the pick and and you brought in CP3 for that role, I I could see that. It's a very similar role to what he's basically got at OKC. Um, So, yeah, if if that was the way. um, But, yeah, if they went went a different pick there at the top, yeah, it'd probably throw a spanner into that works. Um And probably wouldn't be worth bringing CP three in. So it, it, I guess it all depends on if if the picks Edwards there at the top. I guess.
0: Yeah, if if we pick Lamelo Ball, I don't want no parts of CP three because I want Lamelo Ball at point guard. I don't, I don't even want to talk yeah. CP three. If we pick Lamelo Ball, um, exactly. Trades. We just was talking about Chris Paul. Now. We know the Knicks have endured countless losing seasons, right? Yeah. But this is a different kind of losing season because we yeah. got a bunch of young talent, got a bunch of young as- assets. We got a bunch of uh, cap space for 2020 and 2021. And we got a bunch of draft picks, seven first round draft picks to be exact. Um,. Victor Adolipo, Devin Booker, Buddy Hill. These, those are the only three guys I can see that can ask out of their current teams this summer. And I'm going to
1: surprise you with the one name I've picked from those three.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I want to know who you would you pick. See, me, I would pick Victor Adolipo. If I had to make a choice, because oh, I- I've seen a, or I've seen him run, a, run an offense from the point guard spot, and I also seen him average about twenty points per game while becoming first team all defense, and I would love that in the backcourt with Frank Melikina, and I wouldn't mind you know starting Victor Olipo next to RJ Barrett. Hmm. I don't know, that's just me.
1: But I'm I'm going left field here. I'm going to go Buddy hill Um, I love his three point shooting. Um, I think his defense started getting better, um, last year too. Um, once he was, you know, they sort of settled him into a position they wanted to set him in at Sacramento, even though he he wasn't really liking coming off the bench, but I think he accepted it in the end. Um, and yeah, he, he was just sort of going from strength to strength. Um, I I didn't understand why they sent him back. I know he had a bit of problems there with, with DeVac and stuff like that. But he'd also be the cheaper of the three to trade for, um, in my opinion. You wouldn't have to give up as much uh, to get him as you would the other two, especially the Devin Booker. Um, I don't think they would want Randall, though. It'd be interesting. The only reason I, I say interesting is Julius Randall is actually pretty good friends with Harrison Barnes. And I'm just curious to see what they might do over there because I know that they're waiting on Bagley to return. There was a bit of chatter. I read that they're even thinking about because of his height and that to move him to center because I mean, they don't have any idea what Harry Giles is over there. Um, I think, uh, I can't say his first name, Bajica, whatever his name, I think his contract's coming to an end. So that'll be another another big man probably gone. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, they could. They, they might go for Randall. Um, you know, we've got a few other players there that they could be interested in, um, Sacramento, because, I mean, you know, they I think they know that they've never really been a free agent destination. So they've got to kind of work on these, on trades to bring in sort of, any sort of star power or any sort of player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, oh, it all depends on what they would want for Heald, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him coming. Cause I, I actually think he probably, it's about time he moves on. And he might actually shine somewhere else. Uh, I don't think he'd be scared of the bright lights in New York. Um, I think he's wanting to break out and, at the moment there he's he's competing to break out with DeAaron Fox and Bagley and a couple others there. So yeah, I I think he's it, it, yeah, I think he'd be a good pickup. Um and, and I also agree with Ola Depot. Um yeah, I, I don't think going for Booker's anything there. I, I actually think he'll end up at the T Wolves with his two best buddies. But. I think
0: he, I think he's definitely going to be a T Wolf by next season. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've already got two of them there, and I mean, I know there's been talk amongst those three, him, D'Lo and Cat, that they've wanted to team up now for a while. That's going to be the team to be able to do it, because as I said, they've already got Cat and D'Lo. They only need uh, Booker to complete that, and um, that's probably where it's going to happen. Um, Even though, though, I mean, as much as I've heard the trade talk about CP3, I've seen the trade talk with Cat wanting to bring Cat back to New York, but I don't want to bring Kat because that means Mitch is going to have to take a back seat. Cause I'm not same.
0: trading Mitch, man.
1: No. Well, even if they didn't trade Mitch to get Kat, he'd still take a back seat in the sense of he then would be moved to backup center because you're not going to put Kat as backup center. Um, and that, that's Kat not, at the
0: four. I'm putting Kat at the four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the speed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could swap him around too. Um, yeah, it, it'd be a good Twin Towers. I mean, and we know Cat can shoot the three, so that'd that that that'd work in that sense. Um, but, yeah, Listen, I don't know.
0: I, Listen, it, 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 I'm not trading Anthony Edwards. I, I'm not trading Anthony Edwards, man. I, I'm not trading LaMelo. I can't trade. This kid is 18. I can't trade them young dudes, man. Because I want to see a rebuild. But at the same time, it's Nick fans who's older than me and you who's tired of losing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. You've got so many people. I mean, I talked to a few old guys that (laughs) – I mean, they were around for the last championship and, and like they said, oh, we don't think we're going to see another championship right before, <laughs> before our time's up. I, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see your point of view. I, I understand he's are sick of the losing and the patience is starting to wear thin with those, those guys and they'd be up, what, 60s, 70s, even some of them in their 80s, you know, um, when, when the Knicks had the really good teams back in the day and that's what they were used to. Um, and then, I mean, we had to have a couple of good teams there in the 90s that just didn't get over the hump. And, um, yeah, since then, it's, <laughs> it's just been, um, yeah, one thing after the next and sort of just going nowhere, not moving up the bladder. Just, yeah, so I, I can understand their frustrations. <laughs> it's just like I could understand Like I'm not a Chicago Cubs fan But I could understand their fan base Waiting 100 bloody plus years just For the next World Series I mean that's a long time oh, geez,
0: <laughs> man. Yeah it's yeah, a long God. time Well i say this They don't want a daycare center <laughs> And the next, yeah. next Twitter group I'm in They don't want a daycare center So No nah. They they on they something. Listen, if we got to trade Knox and we got to trade Frank and it's to get Booker or it's to get Donovan Mitchell or somebody, you do it. You don't think twice about it because you pair that guy with R.J. Barrett and then you say, let's get the ball rolling. I understand that. I respect that opinion. And yeah. yeah. I can't trade Knox. For some for some reason, this is the one time in my life where I want the Knicks to not trade Knox and to not trade Frank because of RJ Barrett. Is is it's just RJ just makes everything so seamless. He could play shooting guard, he could play point guard, he could play small forward. He might could play some four in the future. In small ball lineups, when you throw Frank at point guard, it, it, it's and if you pick Anthony Edwards, and if you get Chris Paul, now you could, you you it's crazy lineups you could throw out there, bro. You could Frank oh, yeah. at point. I mean, you could put Chris at point, Frank at the two. I mean, um, Edwards at the two, Frank at the three, RJ at the four. Then you might want to throw Mitch at the five real quick so you get some rip protection. You know, it, it, like you, you could put not see Knox got to get stronger. That's yeah, Exactly. Gotta Knox Knox got to get better. He got to play. I, I I don't. Would, would you? What's Knox ceiling?
1: Uh, Knox ceiling. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> As I said, I think of the last pod we did. He, out of him and RJ, Knox ain't going to be the the superstar. That that's going to be RJ. Um, that that's plain for the for everyone to see via the eye test. Um, but Knox, he he could be a decent role guy. You know, I, I believe that he, um, you know, if he gets stronger and um, you know work works on his d, uh, works on his shot a bit more, obviously. Yeah, you know, he he could be a part of a championship team. Um, it, plain and simple. Um, I think he belongs in the league, and um, I think he's good enough to be in the league. I think he obviously can get better, but um, yeah. If, if anyone's thinking out there he's going to get on a superstar status, like you know, it's just not going to happen. That's just thinking too high for him. Um, but yeah, oh, he could be very very serviceable, like a, you know, like a. Serje Barco has always been serviceable. He's not a superstar, but he's always been serviceable. You know, so he, he can sort of get to that type of level. You know, and and that you need those guys on a team. As I said, you you can't have a team full of superstars because you, you just can't afford. You can't afford that. So you got to get these good role guys at the at the lower prices, and um, that that's going to add value and, and benefit the team and and help out the team, which which he's going to be able to do. And and I agree with you, and I agree with a few other people like that I've heard say similar things, that I um, I don't want to see him get traded. You know, you see him get traded elsewhere and then, you know, he takes off and then everyone's like, oh, we could have had that. It's like, yeah, well, you gave up too soon, you know. So, um, and, and and I always go back to his coach at Kentucky, Calipari. He, he said it was going to take time with Knox. He was going to be take a little bit longer than other players that were coming out of that draft um you could see that um and 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 those that saw it like myself you we've got the patience to 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 deal with the the shortcoming and the ups and downs with him because we listened to his co- college coach you know spent enough time with him to know him and know what he was like um you know I, I also listened to his dad his dad's tried to instill you know very good work ethic in him and stuff like that but um it, it's that motor too. That motor just needs needs to go up another notch as well. Um, and it all comes down, I, I think, too, with him is minutes and confidence. I, I think his confidence took a hit. Therefore, his his play went down. Um, like any player, their confidence has been shot. They they not playing well. Um, so that confidence got to be rebuilt. He's got to get stronger. Um, but yeah, very capable. And and no, I'm not ready to give up on him on him just yet. Hmm. I mean, yeah, like you, like nice. like you said, if 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 it comes up that for a Donovan Mitchell or something like that, and, and you have to put him, I mean, yeah, you get, you're gonna do it, not think twice. Um, but I, I wouldn't do it unless it's for, unless it was for a a, a big name and a big name that <laughs> that is going to be the Knicks, you know?
0: Who who who? Let, be straight up honest. What's the one guy what's the one guy you would consider if if we kept RJ Barrett that's all I'm gonna say. Who's the one yeah. guy you would consider you would be trading basically most of the young guys for? Who's the one Okay, guy? well Okay, well uh, if
1: uh, I'll, I'll give you two names, I'll give you one that's a name that's not being mentioned only because you you'll agree with me. If he ever became available, yeah, you you'd bring him in straight away because I know you're a fan of him. And that's Pascal Siakam. I'd bring him. I would give Toronto Knox. I'd say, yep, come come to New York, Pascal. Come and play the four brother. <laughs> I love I love him. I I absolutely love him. Um yeah i i I would do that in a heartbeat I wouldn't even think twice and and I'll say, go up there, Knox, I hope you do well, brother, but I need me pat um yeah, um but right now, out of names that have sort of been thrown around from your go bears to your donovan mitchells to your cats to your devin Bookers to your Oladipos and that you know it it's gonna have to be like an an O or a donovan Mitchell or you know um Someone like, someone like that that's still got age on their side that's going to work and progress with, with RJ that's going to be there for some years. You know, I don't want to just trade off someone that comes in for two years and then they're gone mm-hmm. or, or, you know, they're too old. Um, so, yeah, it'd have to be for someone, like, as I said, a Donovan Mitchell because of his age. You know, um, he 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 can stay in the court. Uh, he stays relatively healthy. He's got a hell of a game. We know he's... He, he's going to reach superstar status eventually. Um, just in, in, out of a shooting guard, um, when they sat, when they when when they had concerns whether or not he could pass and that he he went and proved that wrong. So I mean, he was getting the ball around. Um, so I mean, yeah, it'd have to be someone for, like that. It, it honestly would. It, it'd have to take that to to move the needle to even consider, you know, shipping out some of the young guys for. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, as I said. CP3, I'll put a question mark on. It all depends on scenarios. And as I said, it's his age that concern me. Someone like Cat and Devin Booker. Well, see, I, I love Devin Booker for his offense, but he, his D has always concerned me. And, and I think we've got enough young guys on the team that have trouble with their D as it is. So I don't want to be bringing in someone else that's just going to add more trouble to our defense, um, which which has really got to improve a, a team defense. And I don't think Devin Booker's that guy. Whereas Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell play their hearts out both ways. So th- that would be beneficial for us because they can go out there and get their 20, 30-odd points, and they're going to defend the points that they've scored. They're going to you know, be out there helping RJ and, and others defend. So question. that's that. Yeah?
0: What about Giannis? Because oh, mate.
1: Mate, yeah. But, but, but I, I would – take the opposite to the Mallow route and I'd wait until he was free and then bring him in so I didn't have to give up anybody <laughs> cuz he's only got he's only got a year left with Milwaukee is that right
0: yes he do and he's a free agent next to all free yeah
1: agent. see and th- this is the trap see and this is what I don't want out front of <laughs> oh yeah okay oh, well we'll go get him just to make sure we can get but no nah, just wait just wait just wait cuz I I ha- I I know for sure he ain't going west cuz he don't want to go to LA, he doesn't want no. to be out there. No. He doesn't want to play with LeBron. He he tries to keep himself away from a lot of all stars cuz he likes to prove himself and and you know that's just the type of person he is. He doesn't even like training with them, you know. i think he doesn't want to give away his secrets. <laughs> but <laughs> tell you what, free agency man, I'll be throwing every last dollar cent, kitchen sink, the works at the man to bring him to New York. I really would. Um he when he becomes a free agent, yeah, we've got to be there. We've got to be there with the cash. Um because he fits the timeline. And and I personally think um with him on the team with, with guys like R J and Frank, oh he he'll do wonders with Frank from an international point of view, because oh of the language geez. you know. Um and then RJ, RJ can talk French and stuff like that too. So oh,
0: oh, Yeah. Man.
1: yeah. I could just imagine it like him in the lineup and, um, you know, I know he, he's, he's been to New York with his mum before. Um, he's had nothing but good things to say about New York too. Um, and I think why he prefers New York over L.A. is for him, He, he you know, obviously New York's uh, obviously a bit smaller for him than what L.A. is, the way L.A. sort of spread out. And he doesn't like that bigness type thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think New York would be better for him in that regard. And and I just get this feeling that he's he probably already got one foot out the door because, I mean, this yeah, this season obviously got wrecked by COVID, but they've, they've been cl- close a couple of times and they just can't get there. Um, you know, I, I don't take anything away from Tim Connolly from what he's tried to put around Giannis, um, you know, with Middleton and that. But, you know, he'll be coming here with, with RJ, who is going to overtake Middleton as a player eventually, you know. So that'd be an upgrade for Giannis himself in in one team, mate. Um, I think Frank would definitely run circles around Eric Bledsoe when it comes to to defence (laughs) because that man, I've never really seen play really good D. So, I mean, that's going to be another thing beneficial to Giannis. Giannis might even bring something out of Frank that we haven't even seen yet, you know. Like the, the all these all these international guys oh, talk amongst themselves, um, and, and sort of bring out the best in one another. I notice when when they sort of train together get together. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Giannis would be a hell of a bloody. Is there a
0: path? Yeah. Question exactly. Is, is there a path where you can see Giannis? Where you could see the Knicks having Chris Paul and Giannis? <laughs>
1: Possibility. I, I think there's a possibility there. Um, obviously, we'd have to trade for Chris but and, and then just wait the year for Giannis. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, if we got CP3, as I said, the, the right situation pertaining to go after CP3, um, I think Giannis looks at the Knicks and goes, Well, wow, I have never played with a point guard like that before. That intrigues me and I've never played – with a young um, uprising superstar like RJ before, so that also intrigues me. So I think he'd be, be intrigued by it, and um, yeah, I'll, I think it might actually get his get his attention. To be quite honest, <laughs> it'd be yeah. a help. And if CP three could stay healthy for the last remaining years and work with RJ and bloody Giannis, whoo, those two boys would be loving it. <laughs> Oh, and Mitch. Sorry, I'll throw Mitch in the Mitch with the uh, CP three you know, to him.
0: Oh my God! You didn't even you didn't even take this into account. So I'm saying CP three, right? I'm not even saying Anthony Edwards. I didn't even no. bring up Anthony Edwards, who's going to be on a rookie contract. I didn't bring up RJ Barrett, who will be on a rookie contract. I didn't bring up Kevin Knox, who will be on a rookie contract. The only person mm. you will have to pay is Frank Nellikina, and then you will have to pay Mitchell Robinson. But you could go mm. over the cap and pay oh, both yeah. of them. So it, it, it's tough. It's something to think about because that just came yep. to my brain. If that was yeah, – go ahead.
1: As you said, there's a few few scenarios we, we can throw out there. Um, You know, obviously, if the stars align in a certain way, and it all works up right you know just uh it's just the juicy thinking about it you know if you had CP3 and Edwards and RJ then next the following year you bring in Giannis to add to that um, with Mitch uh, Frank off the bench obviously well that's a nice little 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 team just just mentioning those names together you know um, and again and, and again uh, all all I'd hope is is that they're going to do their due diligence before actually just striking a deal on this CP3? Really do their due diligence if if they believe he can stay healthy and on that court like he like he was for OKC. If that's the Chris Paul we're going to get, I I, I can understand them bringing him in for the experience um, to be a teacher, to be a leader for the culture. I, I can understand all that. Um, he just needs to stay on the court. That—that's all I need from him is for him to stay on that court. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, it's po- the possibilities! It's because I mean,
1: you—well, I mean, you—you you think about—I mean, I've got to look at from a positive tube with CP3. A lot of people looked at that OKC team and just wrote them off. Like, okay, they got a whole bunch of young guys. Uh, you know Stephen Adams still there, you know, and CP three. They did, they thought, oh, is he going to be Houston CP three where he plays a couple games and he's injured and he's in, and then he's injured and then he's in, he's in. Right? No, they didn't. They got a completely like rejuvenated CP three, and that team just took off. Like they were doing better than most most pundits thought they were going to do. Um, him as I said, him and 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 uh, Shea Gill just just clicked. Um, it, the whole team just clicked. Uh. You know, they, their spirits were uplifted. You could see the culture change there from, from Russell leaving to CP3 coming. I mean, so I, I can understand when they talk about CP3 and bringing him in with, with the culture aspect of it. He obviously done wonders there in OKC after, you know, so many years of them coming up short with, with with their Westbrook and KD team and the Westbrook KD and uh, Harden team and that and – um. Yeah, they actually, yeah, they, I mean, they even surprised me. And I, as I said, I watched, caught a few of their games. I watched how they play. I watched how CP3 commanded that offense and, and, and got everyone in the position. Um, yeah, he's always been good at that. Um, I've, I've never, never not liked CP3. He's, as I said, I at once I called him the point guard. Um, he was the best out there. Um, and, and when healthy, he's he still one of the best out there. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, again, as I said, it, it all depends on who I, – I reckon we only trade for him. And it, it depends on who we choose at the top there. That, that's what it's going to come down to. Like you said, if, if the pick's mellow, then the CP3 trade talk probably gets thrown out. If the pick's Edwards or, or even – I'm going to throw it out there only because he's still at the top of the ball, but for some reason we choose Wiseman – then you mean you could still possibly consider that trade so yeah I guess as I said it's all all going to be interesting all depends on how dominoes fall and and um other situations. All, all I know is like I'm in agreement with you Randall needs to go that's the first that's the first one I'm getting Uh-oh. rid of out the door yo he got to go man I can, yeah this he pissed he, he he angered and pissed off the prince of new york bro like you, you, you <laughs> once he did that, that once he did that, that was that was it. I mean, I'll, I'm pretty sure Knox even, Knox even complained about him. Uh, I'm pretty his sure Frank even.
0: His camp did. His camp definitely complained about his minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, what Mark Berman said, like he, his numbers just just weren't great. Um, you know, it, it, compared to his numbers you know, when he was at the Pelicans. And that's because he was trying to play a position that wasn't his p- position of calling, you know. Um, he, he's just a straight-out power forward, plain and simple, that needs a point guard to run the offence and needs him just to stay in the paint, play the four, come out, shoot his threes when he when he can shoot his three. And then just, yes, play the basic four game. That, that's all he needed to come in and do and I don't know if, if, if Mills or someone got into his hair or his own team got into his head and said, no, you've, you've got to stamp your authority and become the man and become the go-to guy, you know, and it just it, – it failed miserably. Like, he's not a point forward. Um, and and I kind of hope going forward, even when he gets sent out, I think he – I hope he realises that now. So he's actually – goes back to being a benefit for a team. Um but, yeah, he, he's, he's the first to go. Um, and, and, yeah, I'll be getting rid of most of the vets that are there too. The only, the only vet I'd, I'd, I'd probably keep around, as I said, and that's only because he's a New York boy. Um, he, he's good and I've, I've never heard negatives about him in any locker room. And that's Tars. I'd, I'd just keep him like, like they did with um, – I was trying to think of the name now, Lance Thomas. They were keeping around there for a while just for that locker room vet presence. You know, you don't even have to give him stuff all minutes or any minutes at all. He can just, you know, help the team in training and have that voice. You know, it'd be cheap. Yeah, and and he's cheap. He does not cost much. Um, So I I think he deserves to play out, you know, however long he wants to keep playing in his his hometown. Um, I think he's earned that right. And, yeah, as I said, he's just a good locker room presence, good to have around the locker room. And you you still need that guy at the end of the bench, you know, being your cheerleader, cheering the boys on, getting their confidence up, you know, giving them life lessons and giving them lessons for on the court if they're doing something wrong. You know, he's been around long enough to pick up on things. And I I still think he's a benefit in that regard to guys like your Knox and your Mitch. Um, They seem to be able to relate and get along with him, so... Yeah, i am just keep for that type of role. Yeah. i
0: I I'm all in. I'm all in. I I would keep him. Keep him in that role. Yeah. Let, let, let let's get the ball moving. Um and I gonna, go
1: ahead. I was gonna say, as for the uh I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but as for the coach, I, I'm kinda interested to see because I don't think they're going to stick with Mike Miller. I, I, I really don't. I, I think Leon's going to uh, bring in somebody else. Um, I, I'd like to... Uh, Mark, I, I mean, there's a few names out there that obviously have been mentioned. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Jeff Van Gundy being one. Um, that's if he's interested in even coming back. I, I, I haven't heard anything like from him himself to suggest that he's looking to come back in the coaching ranks. But if if he did, if he did put his hand up, obviously he's been there before. So he knows what New York's like. He'd be able to handle the pressure, but has he been out of the game too long, you know? And then Mark Jackson, another one like with what he did with the Warriors. Um, But then there's question marks with him too, you know, like he butts head with players and, he could be a bit stubborn. But, again, New York guy would probably not buckle under the spotlight in that regard at least. But um, yeah. I'm still thinking, looking at some assistants around the place, like like yeah, a long-time assistant that's probably overdue that I can think of off the top of my head to become a head coach is Sam Castle, uh, the, the guy who's been with Doc Rivers for so long now. Um, another <laughs> name... Uh, I, how, how do you say, need Adoko. He, he's another one that's, I think he's with the Sixers. Now. He was with the Spurs. Um, he's another name that's been brought up. That's looking for a head coaching role. Obviously Becky Hammond's out there. I actually think she's definitely leaving the Spurs because they're giving that job to Tim Duncan. So I, I think she's seen the writing on the wall there and gone, well, try me luck somewhere else. Um, so there's names out there. Um, I don't know what – I'm interested to see what the Sixers do with Brett Brown because I actually like Brett Brown as a coach. I, I actually think with the personalities and just what he's had to deal with ever since they hired him there and he had to work initially with Hinky and Colangelo and them and now we work with Elton Brett. He's done a heck of a job just managing uh, that side. He's also coached at an international level and pressure doesn't, pressure doesn't seem to get to that man. I just think he needs a better team to coach. And, you know, people can say, oh, but Philly's had a good team. Not when I when you constantly see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, your two stars, not really clicking, not really working, at times fighting, fighting more, more concentrating on fighting, oh, who's number one guy in Philadelphia than getting along and getting out there and playing togetherness. Um, That's all yeah. Brett
0: Brown. That, like – I, like I yes. understand I understand uh, I, Brett Brown cool but After I heard the Jimmy Butler Interview on the JJ Reddick podcast and Jimmy Butler Said he didn't know who the hell to talk To when they came to 76 His management I think I'm good on Brett Brown <laughs> I'm sorry bro. I think I'm good oh, I, listen, I listened to that too
1: I, I, I did and, and I took a lot of things away Um I mean, yeah. Obviously, Jimmy Butler didn't have the best time there. Um, we all we've all seen Al Horford go backwards, obviously, um, from when he was playing at the Celtics. You know, no, um, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he, obviously not not the worst coach out there, but yeah, I mean, he probably get a. I, I think he, he's, you know, if there's nothing much out there, I, I'd probably bring him in over over Van Gundy and. And, and uh, Mark Jackson just purely because he's been coaching, like, lately. You know what I mean? He hasn't been out of the game. That's the only thing that really worries me with those other two is if they've been out of the game for so long, like the coaching game for so long, like, what are they going to be like with how things have changed and how are they going to modify sort of their coaching style and schemes that they would run? Um but again yeah it'd be interesting to see who they bring in as coach because you've got all those names out there but sort of no one really stands above the pack i guess um it, it all, all all we need i guess is someone that isn't going to buckle under the pressure and can can handle handle the you know the spotlight can handle the players can can talk to the players you know and have that communication um and obviously have good communication with the front office. I think that's been a problem with us where the coaching style or the head coach himself and the the front office sort of haven't been on the same page and been on different pages at different times. So it'd just be good to see them all on the same page, you know, going forward.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's very good to see. It's very good to see. And
1: then, I mean, another name I suppose you could throw in there and, I think Mark Berman mentioned it. He, he's actually quite surprised no one's jumping on him at the moment. Is uh, Kenny Atkinson? No, not not one team has has even spoke about him. Um, I thought he actually um, did. A... I got.
0: I, got I, I think I got a reason why. Um, I read reports where his game managing was terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And and which is a surprise considering. He come from Pop and Budenholzer, so uh, uh, I was kind of a bit of a surprise there. But I mean, yeah, oh, it'd be interesting. I, I reckon his name might creep in the mix. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be hearing no Ty Lue though. I've been hearing his name mentioned with a few jobs, and I'm just like, no, no, he he, he didn't coach that Cad's team to the title. That was LeBron. I mean, and Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie's clutch shot we help him get in there as well, but. He kind of just rode rode LeBron then, <laughs> and, and everyone's gone. Oh well, he's a good coach. Nah, not really, not really. You know, I don't, I don't think he'd be the man for the for the next job. You um, I've even heard Jason Kidd's name thrown around, but yeah, uh, with with, his, with what he did at the Nets and the Milwaukee, yeah. But then again, if I'm gonna say one positive with Jason Kidd, if you brought him in. I have a feeling Giannis would also come because he got along with Jason Kidd. He didn't like it when they got rid of Jason Kidd. Now, I don't think much of Jason Kidd as a coach, but then again, I I do go back and go, well, you look at the teams he was coaching at both Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and with Milwaukee, apart from Giannis, I mean – you know, he didn't really exactly have the talent there outside Giannis, and in Brooklyn, he didn't really have any talent there. So, I mean, if you stuck him with a team that had like CP three on it and Giannis, RJ, yeah, it could get interesting to see what he what he could do. Um, but yeah, it, that'd be the only reason I'd bring him in is because it might might have that extra push to bring in Giannis just because I know they're friendly. But again, yeah. Does he deserve a third chance at being a head coach? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, as I said, there's so many names and you can name positives and negatives for each. Um, yeah, it's just all about making sure you get the right one for the next job, though, because we've just had so many that have just done a terrible job. And, yeah, we, we need someone to, to turn this thing around and – I'm quite sure Leon will bring the right guy in. I, I I believe he will. Yeah, me too. Hopefully. Hopefully.
0: Um I guess we got into you know everything for this episode. I guess we got into mostly everything. Um any final words for the people before we get out of here, brother? Yeah,
1: um, I hope I hope everyone um, Knicks fans are doing safe. Um, you know this is a real crummy time, you know, having to have restrictions, no sport, no basketball. Um, you know, so it's it's quite a quite a depressing time, <laughs> boring time, I guess. But um, we just got to keep going, keep you know, keep our chins up, keep going on. Um, you know, have a little bit of hope that the season that may come back. Um, I, I suggest to everyone just keep an eye on what the MLB do. If they get off the ground, there might be a bit more hope. Um, but apart from that, um, yeah, we might all have to start thinking about draft and uh, the following season and see what sort of team and, and coach we put out there um, for the following season. Um, so there's there's, a, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, yeah, I, I just hope everyone can uh, – keep on that positive train and let's just get through through this uh, lockdown period and that, and hopefully, as I said, in, in a few more months, get back to some normalcy.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely agree. Um, hopefully we could get some goddamn basketball back soon, man. It's killing me. I know it's mm. killing you. Um, to everybody, Nick Nation, You know, we appreciate y'all. This was episode 89, State of the New York Knicks podcast. Got into a lot, talked about Scott Perry, talked about the Knicks roster right now, talked about Leon Rose, and, you know, talked about some trades, man. (sighs) Hopefully, our future is better than our past, and I salute the y'all, salute the Knicks nation. I'm out of here. It's your boy, Slizzy.